from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right, let's get into our four of a kind here. The Carolina Hurricanes are making some offseason moves. Right now they signed Jordan Stahl to a contract extension, but the Carolina Panthers... Yeah. Training camp's about a month away, Chris, and I still want to see some moves being made. Let's get into our four-of-a-kind moves that we want to see the Carolina Panthers make this offseason before the regular season gets underway. I'll have you start things off, Chris. What say you? Yeah, I have four different options for them. They don't have to do all of these options, but definitely a few of these options, I think, are some to really explore. And my first option is defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, Yannick you need Ngakwe? to try to sign him, right? Because right now you need somebody on that other end of Brian Burns because mm-hmm. there's question marks there. You have DJ Johnson, who you just drafted, who is considered to be a project. You have Amari Barno, who you drafted last year, who's considered to be a project. And you have other guys on the roster who can fit in that spot over on the other side, but just haven't been consistent over the last few years. They've had a few splash plays here and there. They haven't been consistent. And if you need some consistency on defense, well, you need it definitely at rushing the quarterback. Get Yannick Ngakwe, nine and a half sacks last season for the Colts. Um, Colts, I just want to say that once again, Frank Reich, he played Mm -hmm. for you before he got fired. So, hey, go out there. Get Yannick Ngakwe. You have, what, $27 million on the cap. Make sure you go get that and spend it where you need to spend that in rushing quarterback. I'm going to go similar in terms of position, but I'm going to go Justin Houston. Uh, formerly, the last couple seasons, played with the Baltimore Ravens. Also previously played for the Colts as well, Chris, but also played for the Chiefs uh, for a long time as well. Nine and a half sacks this past season for the Baltimore Ravens. So I say that on the other side, I say you should go Justin Houston because he's a true outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I say Justin Houston uh, is on my list as well. Uh, second thing on my list, Chris, I want them to actually try and go get Dalvin Cook. If you can get Dalvin Cook for a good price for, for just this one season, I'm all for it. I think Dalvin Cook would pair well with Miles Sanders, and it gives you another running back that you can compliment to take some of the pressure off a rookie quarterback with Bryce Young. And I think also it helps alleviate, alleviate some of the pressure off of Miles Sanders as well in terms of him having to be that bell cow running back. Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders would be good complimentary running backs to each other. So I say go Miles Sanders. Uh, go uh, to go with Miles Sanders. Get Dalvin Cook. All right, I like that one. Um, I'm also going to stick with somebody on the other side of Brian Burns as well. Uh, you talked about a true outside linebacker. Well, Melvin Ingram is that guy. Now he is getting older, a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, we're 37. He's 34 this year, so that's a little old for NFL years. But here's the thing. Uh, He's somebody who could definitely rush the quarterback on the other side as well because he has that capability. He had six sacks last year for uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Somebody who's had upwards at ten and a half sacks uh, when he uh, back was back when he was with the Chargers. Uh, He's done that twice before. Also had two years where he's had seven sacks with him. Also a year where he had eight. So he's a guy who can definitely rush the quarterback. Um, who can help out Brian Burns on that other side and maybe even just eat up space so Brian Burns can get all the sacks. We don't care. We just need somebody to help out Brian Burns on that other side. All right. Here's another option, um, according to me, (laughs) for the Carolina Panthers. Dennis, you've talked 
trash about their uh, wide receiving core. And and so has uh, our good friend Brian Murphy. Yeah, I just don't think they have a, they, have, they have nothing on the top end, in my opinion. And and you know, and that's fine. And we could probably talk about that later. But uh, here's somebody, and I don't think he helps out the top end, but he definitely helps out with more consistency. And I think that's T.Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. and that's another guy that played for Frank Reich for a while uh, with the with the Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, is somebody that could come in, get you some um, uh, some move the chains for you, get you some good targets. He uh, came in uh, late last year for, for Dallas. He's at the end of his career, so you're not expecting him to stick around for a long time or whatever, but somebody who can at least be there as another leader, uh, another person to help out Bryce Young, and somebody who can help keep the chains moving uh, with some big-time uh, plays. And there's another thing I forgot to mention about Melvin Ingram. He's from Hamlet, North Carolina. Okay, right? so, and therefore uh, Another North Carolina guy that, that you can't go wrong with. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, to me, is just one and the same of what they already have. I think they already have a bunch of that in terms of his level of production where he is in his career right now. Now, 2018 T.Y. Hilton, I take him. I also take 2018 Adam Thielen as well. But in terms of that veteran <laughs> that veteran wide receiver, that, I think they already have that uh, on their roster. So here's something I would actually like to see them make. A, 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 it's more of a depth move that I'd like to see, see him make. I want to go to the defensive side where you've been talking about a lot, Chris. I want to see him maybe go for a sign a guy like John Bostic, who played last season with the Washington okay. Commanders. He's been around the league for a lot, uh, for a while, I should say. But John Bostic and Miles Jack are two inside linebackers that could provide depth off the bench. Uh, almost for the Carolina. said Miles Jack. Uh, yeah, I well, almost said Miles Jack. That's a good choice. Well, Miles Jack, unfortunately, this past year with Pittsburgh, if you're a Steelers fan, did squat. Did Jack squat <laughs> is what he did. Uh, in terms of any sort of big-time plays, but I would like to see that potentially happen as well. But my final thing is, Chris, whatever you got to do, go get a number one wide receiver. By God, they need a number one wide receiver because right now they got some low twos, threes, fours, and sixes. That's really what they got. They didn't include fives. They got That's what they got on their receiving core. They need a top-end wide receiver, in my opinion. It might not happen this year, but – at least they have a good say, offensive like, line, but if they, I don't know, if I don't know if they're able to do it because again the draft capital that they have for this upcoming year in 2024, it's it's kind of been shot a little bit as well in terms of they don't have a top you know top pick in terms of having a first round pick. I, so I don't know, but they need they need that top they need that top dog at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, D-Hop is out there, but, hey, we don't he know if D-Hop is even going to come here. He probably won't come here. probably he be a little bit too expensive for the Carolina uh, Panthers. And like I've said before, you don't know if that number one guy is possibly already on the team. He just needs to break out. Here's my last one. Leonard Fournette. Now, I don't want you to take the ball out of, out of Miles Sanders' hands. Mm-hmm. I still want Miles Sanders to be the number one guy. But I've, I'm still sticking with this. We don't know what the Carolina Panthers will do in short yarded situations. And you still have Miles Sanders, who's 5'11", uh, 215, 220 pounds. So why not get a bigger back that could be that short yardage guy yeah. like a Leonard Fournette that could push the pile uh, in those short yarded situations? I don't think you have anything to lose in this situation. No, uh, You're not getting Leonard Fournette here to, to get – 500 yards, not even getting him here for a thousand yards. You're not getting him there for that. It's just to push the pile, have a short yardage guy that you can lean on when you need that extra yard to keep the chains moving. Go out and get Leonard for that. 
Hey, I wouldn't hate that move. I really wouldn't hate that move at all. Uh, I think any of the running backs, there's, a, there's actually a pretty a plethora of pretty decent running backs that are still floating around out oh, there yeah. that the Carolina Panthers can definitely go after. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As a Carolina Hurricanes fan, it's a beautiful morning. It was a beautiful morning yesterday morning when we got the announcement that Jordan Stahl, our captain, Coming back for four more seasons. That's right. Our captain back. Jordan Stahl is back, and this gives me hope as a as a as a Carolina Hurricanes fan, knowing that our captain, the leader in the locker room, and just not only the the tone that he sets inside the locker room for the Carolina Hurricanes, but the tenacity that he plays with on the ice in terms of his relentless pursuit for the puck, the the way he's his physicality in the corners, but also his preparation in the offseason continues to come in, going to age 34, age, uh, from age 34 going into his age 35 season, continues to blow the doors off in terms of the conditioning tests and things along those lines, always ends up being the most in-shape guy on the team. I think it's he and Brent Burns were like the two guys that just completely blew out the conditioning tests uh, that the Carolina Hurricanes had. And they're known for having probably the the – most rigorous in terms of their off-ice conditioning uh, with Bill Berniston, the, their head strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and plus Rob Brendamore, known for not being a slouch still himself, uh, at, you know, at his point in his life of still going out there and working hard, uh, keeping himself physically fit. And Jordan Stahl is right up there. He sets the example and sets the tone in terms of, hey, you know what? I'm never going to ask you guys as, as as my teammates to do something that I'm not doing myself in terms of getting ready for the yeah. season, and that kind of stuff matters. Can we talk about how well the Star Brothers in general are just kind of keeping themselves up at, at later ages yeah. in their lives? Like, like let's Eric Stahl still playing and, and, and playing in good minutes and being useful on a team? Like, that is, that is amazing. I uh, played on uh, the Florida Panthers, who runners-up, to the uh, Stanley Cup uh, champions. Well, in 2021, uh, we was, he was with the Montreal Canadiens as well that went to a Stanley Cup final. And, and so it's just amazing to see that. And so, of course, uh, having uh, a stall on your team, uh, doesn't matter which name in front of it, uh, is going to uh, help you out greatly. Uh, but especially having Jordan Stahl for this team that's been this team's captain and, of course, helping Rod Brendamore uh, on this uh, last five-year run he's mm -hmm. had as head coach uh, and taking into uh, – you know, four more years uh, with Rod Brennanmore. Hopefully, hopefully uh, things will work out with that, and and you'll see more and more leadership coming from him helping well, the team uh, turn a corner. Let's get into the stall deal as we hit it and quit it. If you missed it yesterday, I know it dropped on a Sunday morning, so some people may not have seen it. Jordan Stahl signs a four-year contract extension with the Carolina Hurricanes. He was set to become an uh, unrestricted free agent on July 1st. But you know what? Don't got to worry about that mess. I know some people were freaking out last week. I was like, the dude's not going anywhere. 
four-year contract extension worth $11.6 million. So he's going to make about he's going to make $2.9 million per year, which is slightly less than half of what he was making, Chris, in his previous contract, which was like a 10-year $60 million deal. Yeah, and, you know, it's hard to really ask somebody to take less and do the same job. Uh, but in, in sports, when you're in this type of position uh, and you get a little bit older and you start to realize, like, your capabilities and your, uh, what you're doing, it, it, you're, you're not going to get better, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to get faster. He's not going to get uh, more athletic, you know, because he's just going to get older every year. Uh, but the fact that he's willing to do this, mm-hmm. um, take it on a chin, and also still come back in that same role to lead guys who are going to be making more than some guys that are going to come in and make more than him, that just shows like just the type of person that he is. Um, and so you just want to you trust people like that. You want mm-hmm. people uh, to be with you that's going to uh, you know come in and help you out and keep the ball rolling the way it was before. So Jordan Stahl did speak to the media yesterday. I know a lot of people didn't have really a chance to hear anything he said because it happened on a Sunday. But here is Jordan Stahl on what it was like for him to sign the new deal with the Hurricanes. It's where I wanted to be. Um, and um, we got, I feel like we've got some unfinished business. And I'm just super excited to be part of this organization and um, this group of guys. And um, just just everything, everything about it just fit exactly what I wanted to, to finish off my career with. So I'm um, excited about it and um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, a lot of good future memories. All right. So that's Jordan Stahl yesterday, Chris talking about again, signing for four more years with the, with the hurricanes organization, but you mentioned about what his role might be with the team moving forward. And this is what Jordan Stahl had to say about what his role might look like as this four year uh, contract uh Moves, moves from this year into the future. Well, I would love more ice time for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, maybe a little power play time would be great. My role could change that way too. But no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, it. it uh, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, it's a year by year. And, um, it's game by game. It's how it's it's always been. And um, you know, obviously, um, uh, we have a really good team. We have a lot of really good players, and you need that to win. And um, I'm going to fit in wherever I need to fit in. And I feel like I've done that last few years. And uh, especially and um, just accepted my role and, and, and really just try to help the team and try to help the fellows uh, play at the best of their abilities and, um, and win games. And that's all, I'm, that's all I'm here for. Absolutely. You can't ask for anything more than that. And um, just br- I'm just glad that they were able to get this done yeah. so that it's not swirling in the back of people's heads like what's going to happen if Jordan Stahl is not going to be here. Also think that him being here and having uh, that stability – will also be attractive to any free agent or any guy that gets uh, that comes here within a trade because they're going to know that, okay, I'm coming to this team who already has this stuff in place. Now all I have to do is just bring my talents to fit in. I don't have to bring um, something that's missing from this team. I just need to, need to just be who I am, and I think that's going to be big for whoever comes in. And it's also important as well for the core group of the, uh, the team that's really been there for much of the last five years. And Stahl True. also talked about – Look, he knows that it's a, a salary cap league and all that, but keeping the core guys intact as long as possible. When you have really good teams and uh, with a hard cap, it's it's just hard to keep everyone. Um, you want to, and that's what we're going to do, obviously. And um, But, um, yeah, you understand both sides as a player, but um, I think there's a lot of players in that room. The core group of that room understands that we haven't 
we haven't quite finished the job that we set out to do as a, as a core. And um, I feel like um, there's a, there's some ability to, to keep everyone or, or and and really get uh, the job done and, and kind of push uh, push over the hump here. So there's Jordan Stahl talking about, again, keeping guys intact. And, and with the NHL, this is where things get, you can say, even more difficult than maybe some other leagues in the sense of it's a true hard salary cap in the NHL. And you can't circumvent it or, I don't know, massage the salary cap like you can, for example, in the NFL. We're like, oh, we can just convert some of this to a, to a signing bonus and tack on a dummy year and we can spread out your cap hit. You can't do that kind of stuff in the NHL. Jordan Saul's contract, average annual values, $2.9 million. That's the cap hit. You can't, doesn't go up, doesn't go way down. That's what it is for the, the four years of the contract. It's different than in other sports, uh, which is fine, but it's what it is. But if you want to keep the guys, you know, your core team intact, some guys may have to take a little bit less money if they're willing to do that. Right on with you. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. Chris, Tony D'Angelo coming back to the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, well, this is something that we found out over the weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks like uh, things have kind of hit a snag, but looks like the Carolina Hurricanes could be in a trade with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, where they pick up Tony D'Angelo in an exchange for a few picks, but, but also where <laughs> the Canes would only have to pay half of his salary because yeah. the Flyers will still be on, hook, on the hook for the other half of his salary, which, man, if, if Don Waddell pulls this off, man, he's he is GM of this generation. Like, just give him the award. Yeah. Just stop playing with that guy. He's he's the GOAT. Yeah. He, he can do it all. So uh, he, he, so here's how we got here, for those who may not know, uh, Chris, for, to give context for a lot of people out there. Tony D'Angelo was signed to a one-year, $1 million deal before the 2021-2022 season, Okay. Played out his one year with the Carolina Hurricanes, put up really good numbers, had over 50 points, was a plus 30 rating as well as a player. He had 10 goals, 41 assists in 64 games. And they couldn't, the Carolina Hurricanes and the and the and D'Angelo couldn't come to a contract agreement on an extension. Well, he was a restricted free agent. So they traded his rights to the Philadelphia Flyers for three draft picks, a second, a third, and a fourth. Um, Again, your man Don Waddell making moves. So former Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher signs him to a two-year, $10 million contract. So average annual value, $5 million, okay? Five bucks a year. Plays last season. Now they have a new general manager. They're completely redoing their roster. So looking, like you said, to trade him back to the Carolina Hurricanes, and if he keeps half of that, or if the Flyers keep half of that $5 million that he's owed this season, the cap hit to the Carolina Hurricanes is just $2.5 million. So essentially, if you make this move, you're renting a player, Antonio D'Angelo, for one year at just $2.5 million. That's not a bad move. That's not a bad move at all, Chris. It's not. And they got him on a cheap the first time around uh, that you spoke about, you know, for for a million dollars. So, man, if Don Waldell pulls this off, man, Man, just and, give him the award. And, greatest ever. And, and this is and this is where this is where the Carolina Hurricanes are in prime position, Chris, in the sense that they have over twenty million dollars in cap. This is including the contract extension for uh for Jordan Stahl. 
So including the contract extension for Jordan Stahl, it's still about $21 million in cap space. So they can maybe for teams that are in salary cap hell that are trying to get out of that in the in the cap purgatory that are just maybe trying to dump a salary that might be willing to retain some of that money as well. This is where Carolina Hurricanes might be able to get a few players for this upcoming season at a really good value. But that also might mean something else for current Canes players. Let's So let's quit that. Let's hit this. When I saw that the Flyers and Canes were in discussions about a trade for Tony D'Angelo, the first thing that popped in my head was this, Chris. Brett Pesci is on the move. Brett Pesci is on the move. You don't make this move if you're Don Waddell if Brett Pesci isn't heading out the door. We spoke about this a couple weeks ago where Brett Pesci is in his final year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going – He's go- listen – He's worth the money that he's going to be asking for, right? Oh yeah. And if you can't, what are you about to say? What are you saying? I say, oh yeah. I'm saying I agree with you. Oh yeah. And if you can't uh, come to an agreement on what that contract is going to be with, uh, be for Brett Pesci, if you're in mm-hmm. the Carolina Hurricanes, then one of the things I was saying, it's hard to to do this, but go ahead and get value for him right now instead yeah. of letting him walk after next year when you couldn't come to an agreement as to what he's going to get paid. So um, if this is the case then Don Waddell, once again, making moves uh, ahead of time when they needed to be made. Yeah, and if you're Carolina, the reason why you make the move for D'Angelo again with Brett Pesci heading out the door is, like you said, you can get a lot for Brett Pesci, a guy who's 28 years old, kills penalties uh, amongst the best. He's actually, you argue, is the best penalty killer amongst defensemen for the Carolina Hurricanes right there next to Jacob Slavin. Uh, So he's also a right-handed defenseman that plays in your top four, which is, for those who may not know, a right-handed shooting defenseman that plays in your top four that can also have offensive upside, that's like like finding a top-of-the-rotation left-handed pitcher in baseball. Like, that's the equivalent of that. They're hard to find. Everyone wants them, right? So Carolina... If they're able to move Brett Pesci or if they do move Brett Pesci, well, guess what, Jalen Chapfield? You just move from the third defense pair up to the second defense pair to play alongside Brady Shea. That's likely the thing that's going to happen. And Tony D'Angelo can skate on the third pair, and they got to find a stay-at-home defenseman, which is something they needed to find anyway to play with Jalen Chapfield. they find a stay-at-home defenseman that can play on the left side with Tony D'Angelo. And Tony D'Angelo can play third-pair defensive minutes, skate you know, 10, 12 minutes a night, quarterback the second power play unit while Brent Burns quarterbacks the top power play unit to me there's value in that and honestly this is a a compliment to Jalen Chatfield not a not a diss on Brett Pesci but a compliment to Jalen Chatfield that Brett Pesci and Jalen I'm sorry uh, Brady Shea and Jalen Chatfield as your second defense pair you really honestly don't miss too much of a beat in that regard you really don't but moving Brett Pesci and the value of that Chris you might be looking at again a top six forward coming back as part of that package in a trade for Brett Pesci because he's going to command a lot on the trade market. There's a lot that you can a, get for Brett Pesci. And if that's a part of it, then Don Waddell doing a great job. Making those moves. Making those moves. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. How you doing? Uh, ESPN put an article out there this offseason ranking the skill position players for every offense in the NFL. So we're talking wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. They ranked... Chris, the Carolina Panthers, 31 out of 32 in terms of skill position players. They said basically, y'all stink. 
Um, you know what? I I, I expect that. Oh, do I you? expect that from, from from other people. Do you? And I, I don't agree with it. Okay. Uh, at all, but I expect that. I mean, because it's basically stuff that you've said. It's stuff that other people have said. And which I is think what when you kind of. I think when you look at the Carolina Panthers, of course, this iteration of the Panthers mm -hmm. hasn't been proven at all. Uh, so we don't know what everything is going to look like. But we also haven't seen certain some of these players in a real offensive system. So let's give you a good example of somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody by the name of Terrace Marshall Jr., who I said we don't know. He could be a number one receiver. Dennis, do you know who is the number one uh, graded wide receiver amongst all wide receivers in the NFL in the 2022 season on go routes. That oh, one. it's Terrace Marshall Jr. Oh, okay. Oh so my he can God. run straight. Oh my, but he's the number one graded. Okay. And, and look, and here's the number one thing about that. He played basically only half of the year because Matt Rule benched him. So it took until Matt Rule got fired and Steve Wolf came in and said, no, we have talent on this bench right here that we need to be putting on that field. And he showed what he could do, and he kept the, the chains moving. So now that there's an actual offensive coaching staff that could potentially put him in the right uh, uh, places to get him to make some plays, mm -hmm. we don't know if he's going to be a number one wide receiver or not. He could possibly grow into that. And that's the only thing I've ever said. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying that he's the best in the NFL or anything. It looks like PFF says he's the best at go routes, even though he only really played half of the season. Uh, but listen, give him a chance and see. And I think that this Carolina Panthers wide receiving core and the entire um, uh, between wide receivers and tight ends and running backs, I think they're all going to shock you a little bit more than what and do a little bit more than what other people expect them to do this season. I'm, I'm skeptical for the sense that they do not have a top top guy. Now, you said Terrace Marshall Jr. might eventually evolve into that guy. I But the thing is, there's more questions right now than than there is promise. It's one thing if you show like, okay, this guy really shows promise. Can he take the next step? Once again, lots of questions that are floating around out there. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I'm going to jump down to the NBA here, Chris. Jabari Parker back in the NBA, potentially. Jabari Parker, former second overall pick out of Duke. Jabari Parker, the Jabari Parker who didn't even play in the NBA last season, Chris, might find himself back in the league. Man, I, I feel I feel very bad for Jabari Parker because as, as people do forget how good of a player he really was. Mm -hmm. And think about this: he was with the Milwaukee Bucks when he started off. Yeah, drafted. Imagine if him. Imagine if him and Giannis Antetokounmpo were growing together. Ooh. And Jabari Parker never sustained all the knee injuries that he sustained. Imagine what we'd be talking about. We were just talking about how the Nuggets built from the draft and how the San Antonio, I'm sorry, the uh, the Golden State Warriors built from the draft. Yeah. We'd be talking about the duo of Antetokounmpo and Jabari Parker right now. And we wouldn't have to worry about Chris Middleton or whoever else for the Bucks because mm -hmm. the Bucks would be at the top of the league. So I'm glad that he's getting another shot. He's definitely a shell of himself, so he's not going to be the Jabari Parker that we expected. But if he's going to get an opportunity uh, with the Suns, a team that looks like they're trying to go for a championship with all well, all that it's worth, then you know, good luck with him, and hopefully he'll get an opportunity to get back in the league.
So he's getting a tryout with the Phoenix Suns because the Phoenix Suns need to fill out their roster because their their roster is right now filled with a bunch of very expensive players and not much else after that. They still need to fill about seven roster spots while trying to not go over the salary cap even further than what they are because they, well, they really only have five to... on the roster right now, so they definitely need at least ten. Yeah, well, 15. I think there's a couple guys that are restricted <laughs> free agents where they have their rights, but still, it's like seven, eight guys that they still need to fill in. Uh, also, speaking of the NBA, looks like the Hawks are finalizing a trade to send North Carolina zone, the state of North Carolina zone, John Collins to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay and a future second round pick. So we're seeing one of North Carolina's also on the move as well, Chris. Yeah, John Collins used to play at Wake Forest. Uh, yep. People forget that uh, his uh, sophomore year at Wake Forest, which was his last year in college, I want to say it was that 2017-2018 year, um, he was just one of the best uh, power forwards in the country Yeah, and uh, was one of the people that saved Danny Manning's job. <laughs> and and a lot of people thought after that, like, oh, man, Danny Manning can really like coach him up. We maybe should give him uh, another couple years here. Uh, because of John Collins and what he was able to do over at Wake Forest. Not from North Carolina, but definitely has some roots here yeah. uh, because of his time at Wake Forest. And uh, I think, uh, I think you know, has families that's now uh, settled in Charlotte. But, uh, you know, good luck to him out there uh, in Salt Lake City. I say not from the ties of the state of North Carolina. All right, let's final thing. Let's hit. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. What do you want, a cookie? I would love a cookie, uh, Chris. I really would. Um, I'm sure you do as well because you and I both have very different weekends. Uh, you and I did. <laughs> I was able to Man. celebrate my birthday. I took Thursday and Friday off last week to celebrate my birthday. Went back to Virginia to my parents' house to uh, went with my girlfriend. She came up with me as well. Uh, so it was nice to actually go back home for a little bit. And uh, it was a great weekend celebrating the birthday and all that, Chris. But uh, you had a little bit of a different weekend. Dennis, I've been inside of my house. Yeah? Since Thursday. Oh. The reason why I've been inside of my house since mm -hmm. Thursday is because my baby daughter, yeah. who is eight months old, turned eight months on your birthday. Oh. Um, she contracted COVID-19 from her daycare Oof. and has since, uh, of course, given it to everybody else. Now, luckily, like it's very mild cases. Okay, like, good. I, it really only feels like I had like a cold or anything, but because, you know, other people may not have it as easy as this, you know, you want to stay inside. You mm -hmm. want to, you know, make sure that you're isolating, uh, for others. So that's why I've been doing radio from home. I uh, did it Friday. Did it today. Going to do it for the rest of the week. Yeah. I would love to be there in person with you, Dennis, uh, and actually give you a birthday hug, but I can't. Uh, yeah, don't so, give me COVID yeah, for my birthday. Very different man. weekends. Yeah, don't give me COVID for my birthday. Uh, and th over the three-plus years of, of COVID being around, still haven't gotten it. And you know what? Still haven't Here's gotten it. Here's the thing that I, um, is interesting about that, too, is I feel like me and you have taken a lot of the same precautions. Like, we yeah. – you know, especially when we when we needed to wear a mask, we were wearing masks. Mm -hmm. We didn't go out and do anything crazy. We weren't just out on the scene doing anything like that. Like we we really followed the rules. But and also I take a lot of supplements to make sure I keep my body healthy as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But man, I get in the car with a friend one time, COVID. <laughs> Cause he didn't know he had COVID. Yeah. And then I have kids. Man, kids are like the thing that'll do it to you. Oh, Somebody yeah. hit me up the other day, like, man, you need to do something to get your immune system more, you know, strengthened a little bit. Like, no, 
It's not about me needing a stronger immune system. It's about kids and daycare. Yeah. Anybody who has kids in daycare know that you're going to get whatever ick they're going to come back with. Every, sucks. Every, every parent right now is like, yep, kids are a Petri dish. That's essentially what they are. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's going on with our professional teams in the state of North Carolina from yes. the major sports that we have from basketball, football, and hockey? Okay, so we know uh, what a lot of our teams did last year Carolina Hurricanes have definitely been the best professional team in this state of North Carolina uh, so that's not de- that's not debatable but of oh, the four major Carol- sports teams yes you don't forget our North Carolina courage Chris yes but even even if we include them the Carolina Hurricanes definitely were the best uh, this past year oh, this as well past season, yeah um, for for this past season so what we want to do right here is just talk about compared to to last season what will the Carolina Hurricanes, Carolina Panthers, Charlotte Hornets be uh, for this upcoming year? Mm-hmm. Let's start off, Dennis, yeah. with the Carolina Hurricanes. What do you think the Carolina Hurricanes with the 52-21-9 record from last year, what do you think they'll be next year? I think their outlook for this upcoming season is about the same in terms of expectations because, again, they were second-best record in the NHL during the regular season. They got to the Eastern Conference Final They were talented enough to win a Stanley Cup. So to me, Chris, the outlook for the Carolina Hurricanes is really the same for this upcoming year. It's it's a Stanley Cup caliber team. Now, the offseason really starts get get really gets going this week with the draft. We're already gonna see some trade. We have seen trades in the NHL start taking place. And free agency starts on July 1st. But we know the core that's coming back that's intact right now for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, this is a Stanley Cup caliber team. So my outlook yeah. really is the same this upcoming year. I, I 100% agree with you mm-hmm. because a lot of what what you just said, like the Canes, uh, I don't see them slipping too much. I mean, maybe their record won't be as good, or maybe it could be better. Who knows mm-hmm. uh, in the regular season? But really, like depending on how the puck bounces in a few games here or there, even this past season could have ended ended a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've talked about how that series with the Florida Panthers. Honestly, if if, uh, if you get a goal here or there, maybe it could have been flipped 4-0 the other side, and we're talking about Hurricanes and Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup final. So um, I'm going to say same for the Carolina Hurricanes, just mainly because, uh, again, they have a lot of the same folks coming back. They're going to retool, get a little bit better, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Ultimately, what we're going to um, judge them on will end up being the postseason. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Carolina Panthers, they were 7-10 and 10 this past season. Dennis Jamel Cox, do you think they'll be the same, better, or worse? I think their outlook for this upcoming season is better in the sense yeah. of just two things. One, Matt Rule's gone, uh, so competency at the head coaching position uh, matters. So much uh, Obviously. Uh, so and I, the, the fact that – so not only just the fact that he's gone and the coaching staff that they brought in and assembled – but 
just the overall optimism for this upcoming season. There's actually like a buzz about the team in a good way, not like, oh, this Matt Rule stooge is back. Wait, we got Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Cool. Um, this is not going to go well, is it? And sure enough, it didn't. They stunk, and the fact they still went 7-10 and 10 is pretty impressive. <laughs> I think the outlook for this upcoming season is much better. I still think they're di- the division's not very good. I still think they can win the division this season. Now, I know yes. every other team in the division is thinking the same thing. Like, hey, this division stunk last season. Uh, and, the, and the team that won it last year, Tom Brady just retired. And, uh, well, heck, this is our chance. Let's do it. I know every team is thinking that. But Carolina really seems like they have a true, legit chance of winning the division. So, yeah, outlook, better. And, and I'm with you. It's going to be better for the Carolina Panthers. And you talked about how bad the division is. Think about all the quarterbacks that are there that are expected to be the starters, right? Yeah. Desmond Ritter for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you have Baker Mayfield for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember him, Panthers fans? Oh, yeah. And, of him. course, you have Derek Carr uh, for the New Orleans Saints. And right now, as far as who's been on the field, who has, who's been proven as a commodity, Derek Carr is the best quarterback uh, in the NFL. But it would not shock me. I mean, it not sorry. In the NFC South. No. Excuse me. I didn't want to. Don't want to miss. Graham, Graham, clip that and don't put it out all over the internet. At all. Put that out over the internet. So there's non. There's no context for Chris Lee and what he accidentally yeah. misspoke. So please put that all over the internet. Go ahead and, and Chris. make sure you uh, you put the context at the end nah, uh, for that. But no, for the, the internet, NFC don't South, uh, Derek Carr is definitely the best. But we don't know. Maybe. Bryce Young could come in, and it wouldn't surprise me. And I don't know how you feel about this, Dennis. Derek Carr is not that good of a quarterback where I feel like Bryce Young can't come in and have a better year than him in his first year, mm-hmm. especially with the setup that Bryce Young has with the Carolina uh, Panthers right now. And here's one thing. who Somebody who knows quarterbacks, Steve Smith, former Carolina Panther, he was talking about this on his podcast uh, this week, and he said Bryce Young reminds him of another great quarterback who also was smaller in stature. Oh, yeah, also happened to be a killer against the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young reminds me of Drew Brees in essence of shoulders up and anticipation and knowing his own deficiency. When a guy already knows his own deficiency, I'm rooting for him because he's not trying to be something he isn't. He says, hey, this is what I am. This is what I'm not. I'm going to stay in this category. I'm going to stay in this area, this area that I believe that I know well and I could perform. in. Bryce Young is not going to throw you a 70 yard bomb off his back foot like Aaron Rodgers has ever done. Right. But he will he will drop some dimes out there in that zero to 22 yard area that you're going to go, I don't care how tall he is or he is not. That was a shut the front door. That was a damn die. Yeah. I am yeah. completely with uh, Steve Smith right there. I think uh, Bryce Young will, will be a huge part of this, but also the fact that this coaching staff, uh, they know what they're doing. This is a, a, what, probably one of the best coaching staffs that's ever been assembled for the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. Uh, top to bottom, uh, especially compared to what was there uh, when Matt Rule was there. Uh, I think there's a good chance that uh, the Carolina Panthers end up being better. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets. This ah. is the the very interesting one right here. 
Uh, Dennis, they were only 27 and 55 yeah. this past season. Do you see them being the same, better, or worse? <sighs> Part of me wants to say better for the simple fact that they were just that bad last year, like literally one of the worst teams in the entire NBA. LaMelo Ball, the multiple ankle injuries and stuff that he had to deal with last season. If he's able to stay healthy, and if you expect hopefully guys like Mark Williams and P.J. Washington continue to take steps up, what do you get out of Brandon Miller? Does Miles Bridges come back and play? Uh, those are all question marks. Part of me wants to say better, but at the same time, I don't know, man. I think the outlook might be the same. They might be a, just a 30-win team this upcoming year. I don't know. There's To me, there's not a lot of optimism right now in Charlotte. You know, honestly, for me, it's it's going to be it's all depending on health. Yeah. But LaMelo Ball, as you said, he, he missed 30. Well, he played only 36 games last yeah. year out of an 82-game season. You're, I don't think you see that this upcoming season, and mm-hmm. he's going to be a huge reason why the, the Charlotte Hornets either succeed or don't succeed. And I think when LaMelo Ball's on the floor with you uh, for your team, he gives you a great chance uh, to at least be competitive in the game. And that's one of the things that we didn't see last year is the, the Hornets being competitive down the stretch. They could keep kind of keep up during the game, but down the stretch, they had nobody to really find people in their right places. And that's why I think the, the Hornets will actually be better uh, yeah. just because like when you only win 27 games, like how much worse can you get? Can you, are you going to be as bad as the Detroit Pistons who only won 17 games last year? I mean, you might. And when I say better, I'm not saying they're going to win 50 games. I'm saying they'll, they'll probably get to like maybe 36 games. The amount of games that LaMelo Ball played last year, which would be better because yeah. they only won 27. But uh, this team will be a little bit more improved than what they were last year. Uh, but we'll see what happens. A lot of young pieces around it that we talked about earlier. You named all the names earlier. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go through those, uh, but we'll see how the new pieces and the young pieces fit together. And, oh, yeah, the Hornets aren't done. They may bring in a few more veterans, too, in free agency as that's going to start to come around in, in, in the NBA. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 